The minimum wage will increase next year, announced the Labor Ministry on Tuesday. But with an increase of just 200 NT a month for monthly wages or 2 NT an hour for hourly contracts, it's the smallest minimum wage rise in Taiwan's history. Business representatives from the General Chamber of Commerce say they're disappointed. They hope the government will hold back from increasing welfare requirements for employers this year. The minimum wage will rise in 2021, says Labor Minister Xu Mingchun. The current monthly minimum wage of 23,800 NT will increase to 24,000 NT, growing by just 0.84 percent. That's the lowest increase in history. The hourly minimum wage will rise by just 2 NT. This is a decision that takes care of workers' rights as well as attending to the burdens faced by businesses. I think this should be an acceptable increase. The decision was reached in a four-and-a-half-hour meeting, which some call the smoothest in nearly three years. But tensions between labor and business were apparent, with labor representatives holding out for a three percent increase and business advocating for less. Experts decided on the micro increase in the end, which is estimated to impact almost 1.56 million workers. I think if it's for a part-time job, it's okay. <laughs> it's better than nothing. It's still an increase. Of course, there is still some hope for workers. Since President Tsai took office, the monthly minimum wage has grown to 24,000 NT, and the hourly wage from 126 NT to 160 NT. The rises may be incremental, but many say they're better than nothing. Those least satisfied are business leaders. I object strongly. The Directorate General of Budget, Accounting and Statistics is predicting at least two percent growth for the third and fourth quarters. That's misled people to think the economy is going to be fine. If the minimum wage is definitely going up, should we not consider perhaps not increasing labor and health insurance? Business leaders say the pandemic's impact isn't over yet. They want the government to decrease the welfare contributions to help keep profits up. Sanhua's Public Health Bureau is under investigation for flouting central government rules for COVID testing. Last week, Sanhua authorities tested a Taiwanese youth undergoing home isolation, even though he didn't report any symptoms. He ended up testing positive 10 days after his return from the U.S. His case triggered a probe from the CCC, which says he was tested against protocol. The head of Sanhua's Health Bureau, Ye Yanbo, said only that he's awaiting further instructions from the CCC pertaining to the investigation. Also on Tuesday, the CCC reported one new COVID case. This is a man in his 60s who had flown in recently from the Philippines. His wife and 17 close contacts on his flight have been placed in home isolation. Vaccine maker Adimune has received conditional approval to test its COVID vaccine candidate on humans. Phase one trials can start once safely conditions for the human subjects are met, according to the Taiwan Food and Drug Administration. Adimune is the first in Taiwan to arrive at this stage of vaccine development. Overseas researchers are making much faster progress, though no vaccine candidate has completed phase three trials so far. Adimune has been given conditional approval to start the first phase of vaccine clinical trials. It's become the first in Taiwan to reach this stage. It's also pushed Taiwan higher up the leaderboard of the global vaccine race. 
But in the eyes of physician Huang Liming, Taiwan's progress is still too slow. In terms of vaccine development, Taiwan truly is a bit behind other countries, because other countries have already reached phase two trials. Some of them are already preparing for phase three. With the current vaccine production technologies, getting past phase one safety tests is no problem. It's relatively easy to do. The FDA has granted a green light for human trials contingent on the submission of safety data. Researchers plan to enroll some 60 healthy subjects at National Taiwan University Hospital for phase one trials designed to overlap with phase two. It's not a sure thing that the candidate will reach the market next year. Currently, at least three other biotech firms, Medigen Vaccine Biologics, Enimmune, and United Biomedical Inc. Asia, are awaiting a decision on their own applications to start clinical trials. Around March of next year, we'll probably still be relying on public health protocols to fight the epidemic. It's not very likely that we'll have vaccines in time for the upcoming wave of infection, the wave that will come in the winter. There's nothing to be done about that. But we're not alone in this. I think that 80 percent of countries in the world will not be able to get hold of a vaccine. Dr. Huang is not optimistic that a vaccine will reach the market in 2020. He urged the public to strictly adhere to the government's health protocols. He added that even if a vaccine arrived late, it's better late than never. Kaohsiung mayor-elect Chen Chi-mai was seen on the streets of Kaohsiung on Tuesday thanking his voters for the third and final day following his landslide uh, election win. The mayor-elect said he plans to take office next Monday. He said he'll spend this week appointing all his department heads so that the new team can hit the ground running. It's his third day of thanking voters after Kaohsiung's mayoral by-election. Chen, who takes office next week, has been flooded with questions about his administrative appointments. On Tuesday, he was tight-lipped as ever. <laughs> to be frank, I had a bad night's sleep last night. Sometimes at night a thought will occur to me and I'll wake up. My hope is that when I take up the job on August 24th, I'll have already filled the ranks of my administration so that we can get to work immediately. Starting tomorrow, I will formally begin giving personnel matters full consideration. His predecessor Han Guoyu had relocated the mayor's office to Fengshan Administration Center. Chen said he would not be following Han's footsteps. The Siwei Administration Center will be my base, but I will go to Fengshan District to attend to business in the region for questioning at City Hall and to coordinate with the government bureaus there. Currently, I'm living primarily in Zhuoying District. We have some plans for the mayor's residence. For example, we're looking to make it available to civic groups and to allow the holding of public events there. There's lots to do before next Monday. Although Chen has yet to take office, an anti-Chen recall campaign is already stirring on social media. The election is over. We should lay it aside and look ahead. There's a great deal of municipal work to be done. I said it already yesterday. I get up very early every morning. The recall campaigners won't have an easy time of it. I don't drink and I don't play mahjong. The city comes first. Responding to his critics, Chen appeared unperturbed. Over the next two years of his term, he intends to let his record speak for itself. The KMT is facing renewed pressure to revive its image following the DPP's victory in the Kaohsiung mayoral by-election last weekend. Reports suggest that some KMT officials would like to see the party chairman Johnny Zhang replaced. When Zhang was asked about the rumor on Tuesday, he shrugged off the suggestion that rebellion's, rebellion is brewing in the party. This, 
In his first public outing since the KMT lost Kaohsiung, Chiang signs a petition vowing to spearhead the campaign for referendums to be bound to elections. He hopes it will be voted on next August. After the Kaohsiung defeat, some are saying the KMT's will to reform is inadequate. There are even rumors that a coup is brewing to topple Chiang. Everyone is very interested in this. Thank you. At this moment in time, the KMT will not let people use any excuse to get at us. Thanks. We'll have another re-election, and then next year another re-election. The KMT can't stand all this division. It doesn't have the capacity to elect another party head at this point in time. So I think the people who are mouthing off about getting rid of Chairman Chiang are actually mostly people who really want to hurt the KMT. The party's youth wing is standing by Chiang, as are successive new Taipei mayors Eric Chu and Hou Youyi. We have always thought there are some less than ideal things that everyone believes should be changed. We must face what needs to be faced. We must accept the challenge if we want to represent the will of the people. For the KMT, gaining more support is our objective and our direction. Today, no matter which societal group you're part of, which demographic or community, we want to win your support. That's how it was in the past and that's how it will continue. The KMT's efforts to reform in line with the changing Taiwan are an unprecedented test for the party's leaders. Taiwan's northeast coast could be suffering its worst coral bleaching event on record. Researchers found that nearly 30 percent of the, of the reef at Jilong's Caojing Park has turned white in response to stress. This is happening mainly because of rising sea temperatures. But researchers say another culprit behind coral bleaching is sunblock. They say that chemicals common to sunblock, such as oxybenzone, cause young corals to develop abnormally, rendering them even more vulnerable to warm temperatures. Conservationists are asking people not to wear harmful sunscreens when taking a dip in the sea. Every year, Taiwan uses a billion plastic water bottles. That shocking stat inspired one tech developer to create an app that makes it easy to get a free refill of your water bottle on the move. Traditionally, many cafes in Taiwan offered water for free. And even today, there are many locations where free refills are available, if you know where to look. The app gives users a map of all those locations with everything they need to know about where each is, where each is and what's on offer. There are even a few Easter eggs hidden in the system, making the experience fun as well as good for the planet. On a hot summer's day, who doesn't want to quench their thirst? Just open up the Water Refill Map app and you can easily find the nearest place to fill your bottle. Follow the map and at the entrance to the Environmental Protection Administration, you find a 24-7 water dispenser. The EPA and private developers have launched the app with more than 6,000 spots listed where water is available for free. It's also linked to shopping districts and supermarkets. Their goal is that by the end of the year, there will be more refill spots listed than there are outlets of Taiwan's four convenience store chains, 12,000. If you go online, you see this location offers warm, hot and cold water. The app shows all of that. If you put the water cooler outside, people naturally see and they naturally go and fill up. New locations are constantly being added to the water refill map. This red number presents the number of plastic bottles you've saved by using the app. To encourage users, some locations also offer bonus surprises, 
like grass jelly tea or suanmei tang or sour plum juice. 其实台湾有非常多的地方。There are actually loads of places in Taiwan where you can fill up. We've brought Taiwan's distinctive free drinks culture together with the power of technology to make it easy for everyone to find a place to fill their bottle. Traditionally, providing water free of charge was a normal part of Taiwanese society. The app hopes that ecologically friendly way of life can become the norm again, giving the public a simple way to take care of the earth. Wednesday is the first day of Ghost Month, a time of year when spirits are believed to roam among among us mortals. It's a time when Buddhists and Taoists will try to protect themselves against ghosts by getting their clothing blessed at a temple. This year, amid the coronavirus, an online wholesale company is offering a way to get blessed without going to a crowded temple. Let's see how it works. These workers are busy packing items into boxes. Some 100 parcels are to be sent. The legendary gates to the underworld are said to open Wednesday, ahead of the big day. One online business devised a new service, helping people get protection from evil spirits without having to go to a temple. It's all a very simple process. After registering online, write your name and lunar calendar birthday on a piece of paper. Put that into a bag together with the clothes to be blessed and a red envelope filled with an offering for the priest. Then mail it all to the company, which will send your belongings to the Taipei Shanghai City God Temple for a blessing. After they're blessed, the company will send your stuff back to you. It's proven a popular service. The company has received over 50 parcels every day since August 15. Hearing about this, I think it is very convenient. I'd like my family to give it a try, but I'm too late this year. I'd consider getting a blessing this way next year. All I have to do is pack up the garments, fill in my family's personal information, and send it over. That's all it takes to get the clothing blessed. I think it's extremely convenient. This week, employees are hard at work providing this quick and easy temple blessing. That's not the only thing they're offering over Ghost Month. Traditionally, drawings of threshold guardians are hung at entrances to protect against evil forces. The company is selling beautifully designed guardian stickers blessed by a priest. So far, they've sold more than 100 sets every day. The doors to the underworld open tomorrow. Over the past week, we've received orders for more than 50 or 60 packages every day. Because of the pandemic, this year people are avoiding places where crowds gather. They can make use of our convenient services, sending the packages to our company. We take them to Taoist priests. For many guardians to mail in blessings, Ghost Month provides a raft of business opportunities to those with an entrepreneurial bent. It's all convenience for locals who want to get through the month safe from ghosts. We all know that Health Minister Chen Shizhong has had a tough year, 2020. But on Monday, at a radio engagement, he was surprised with a gift from a fan that was like no other. Balloon Wizard Liao Yimshun Liao Boshun created a toy version of the Health Chief, all of plastic and air, complete with a cute little mask to keep him firmly on message. We caught up with the balloon master to find out all about life in an unconventional industry. <laughs> Chen is delighted to receive a doll of himself in balloon form. But my chin's not that big, he protests. The doll came with its own pink balloon mask. But that's not all. Another more 3D balloon doll demonstrates how to wash your mask in a rice cooker, just as a real minister did several months ago. It's hard to tell the difference. These transformers helmets are fantastic for kids, but Liao the balloon wizard started off in a very different industry, mechanical engineering. 
I got a job in a factory, but really, I wasn't that interested in all those cold machines. Over 20 years, Liao has competed in countless tournaments at home and abroad, slowly amassing the stash of trophies and cups that adorn his workshop. He even has a Guinness World Record for the most number of balloons used in one artwork. And here's his mom, who viewers might recognize as the popular commercial character Happy Granny. If I'm not smiling, nobody knows I'm Happy Granny. But as soon as I smile, everyone knows. Yep, it's her. Mrs. Oh is a dab hand at flower arranging, a close cousin to the art of balloon work. At first, she wasn't convinced about her son's career change, but now his work brings such joy to many, she's proud that he marches to the beat of his own drum. The Taipei Arts Festival kicked off on July 31st this year. The intercultural festival has 55 performances and features artists from all around the world. One of them is a contemporary Thai dance company. Their performance on August 8th and 9th presented a different look at a 700-year-old Thai traditional dance form called Kong. Formosa News spoke with the piece's choreographer, Pichet Klonchen, to learn more. Two dancers move in sync on stage to live music, sometimes pausing to create distinct poses. Diagrams are displayed on the floor. The piece is titled Number 60. It's a duet performed by Thai dancer and choreographer Kun Chin and his student Korkhan Rong Sawang that fuses Thailand's classical con dance and modern dance. For this piece, Klan Chun choreographed his own transitions between the 59 poses in the con repertoire. Number 60 is a result of Klan Chun's two decades of research on the traditional dance, which include diagrams he drew to understand how dancers shape their bodies. The diagram I, I wrote this, if you study science or physics, you can do it. And then you pass into the dancer, and the dancer can make it. This is what I want, to, to make a dance it become more wire and then uh, can connect to everybody. It's not just in the dance community. Klin Chin said the concept for Number 60 came out of his scrutiny of the con dance form. It was inspired by his hope to generate a new philosophy for young dancers. He wants to create freedom of dance and start a dialogue between tradition and innovation. This is another chance for the new generation uh, study in Thai classical dance. They can have more uh, opportunity to, to grow or to develop in, in their own way. In each one of the posts of the, the, you see on the screen, you can read in six different elements. For each dancer, they can read in their own way. That's why we call the number 60 is a part of the freedom. Number 60 was performed by Klin Chin and his student at the 2020 Taipei Arts Festival. The festival, which began on July 31st and will end on September 13th, features 55 performances from artists of different cultures. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Huang Yuchun in Taipei. The Pacific's seventh tropical storm of the year formed in the South China Sea on Tuesday. Tropical storm Higos is not expected to make a direct hit on Taiwan. But as it moved west towards China's Guangdong province, it did bring strong winds and rough seas to the Hunchen Peninsula in Keelong. Its peripheral winds deliver scattered showers to the north and heavy rains to the east and south. The effects of Higos are expected to last through the night. From Wednesday afternoon, cloudy to fair skies will start to take over, although mountainous areas and western Taiwan may still see thunderstorms. Sweet treats made with Taiwanese soybeans are hitting convenience store shelves in Taiwan. It's part of a plan by the Agriculture and Food Agency to increase domestic soybean production. 
The agency has teamed up with a local company to launch five soya milk products, including ice cream, breads and cakes. The AFA is also promoting the use of smart farming to increase the domestic production of soya beans and other coarse grains. This creamy soy milk soft serve gives off a light milky aroma. You can also swirl it on almond tofu to make a sundae. There's also this bun stuffed with custard, an angel food cake and more. The packaging says they've all been made with rich soy milk produced in Taiwan, a tasty and nutritious ingredient. The main characteristic of Taiwan's domestically produced soybeans is their high quality. Second, their freshness. Third, their non-GMO. And fourth, the distance our food travels is very short. Additionally, there is almost no carbon footprint because it is all produced domestically in Taichung, Zhanghua, Yunlin, and all the way to Pingdong. Production is mainly in these western regions. Taiwanese consumers are becoming more health conscious, meaning plant milks in Taiwan now have a market of over 6 billion NT. The soy-based snacks are the result of the collaboration between the AFA and a Jai company. Together, they've developed five new snacks with Taiwanese soy milk that are now for sale at convenience stores. In terms of supporting Taiwan's agricultural sector and sales in general, our goal is to spur the growth of fresh foods. It could bring a growth rate of nearly 20 percent. Currently, 99 percent of soy-based products in Taiwan use imported soybeans. The AFA is actively trying to boost domestic coarse grain production. Part of the plan is encouraging farmers to grow soybeans. Another is to get young farmers to use smart farming technologies such as the Internet of Things and Big Data to improve product quality and keep business opportunities in Taiwan.